All right, we're learning Daf Samach Ches. And we're actually a little bit down on the Ahmed, uh, eight line, nine lines down, where the two dots. One of the Tomas Begadim. So we're talking about uh, the Tomas Begadim in the Mishnah for the Mishaleach, for the one who's sending away the Higo at Lazazos. The Pasuk says that the Mishaleach, the one who's sending, he has Tomas Begadim. So what does that mean? So we had a Machlokas. Tanakama was saying that the Tomas, as soon as they leave, um, as soon as they leave the, the Azar, and Shimon was saying that it's only once the fire uh, is, is, hits his perubo, most, most of the limbs. I'm sorry, I'm not in a mistake. We're not talking about the, the Sar Meshalech anymore. Sorry. We're talking about the Parim Usirim Hanisrafim. We already returned from the Sar Meshalech. The Sar Meshalech, we had a Machlokas, if it's when he leaves the city of Yerushalayim, or when he gets to the cliff, or when it burns. That was the three of Machlokas. Now we're back to the Parim Usirim Hanisrafim. We finished the blood, we have the dead carcasses, we are removing the the, the, the Emurim, and then we're taking out the rest of the animal to be burned. So the Pasuk says as well that the ones, they take it Michutz Lamachana, and, and then when they take it Michutz Lamachana, they, 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 there's Tomas Begadim. So the question is, when does it happen? So Tanakama says, as soon as they leave the Azara, and Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's only when the, the actual Avod that takes place, where, where, the, where the fire is, has, has taken hold of most of the limbs, that's when the Tomas Begadim comes. So now we learn more about this whole Indian of burning the prominence. This is the Pasuk by Yom Kippur. The Pasuk says that they're going to carry it out on the to outside the camp and they should burn it. Now, what's the camp? So we remember this from Sachem a little bit. There are three camps, right? You have the Machana Shechina, the Machana Levia, and the Machana Yisrael. Machana Shechina was just today, basically. That's the, 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 the base of Mikdash itself. Machana Levia would be the whole Temple Mount, the whole Harabayas. And the Machana Yisrael would be the whole city of Yerushalayim. Right? And that's the equivalent of the way that Jews camp, camp, uh, camped around the Shechina, camped around the Mishkan back when they were in, in the desert. So the Torah says, carry it outside the camp. Which camp? Right? Where, where are you telling me to go exactly? It's very unclear. So, so, so you would think the Pshuto Shomekar is just outside one camp, meaning just go outside the, the Azara, just go into somewhere on the Temple Mount that's outside the Azara and burn it there. You would think that one camp. But wait a second, says the bride. So, in another place, where we have parmesium hanisrafim and other types of carbonos, where the meat is burned, it, we require three camps. What is this other place? So we taught paralam davar shaltzibar parko and mashiach. These are carbonos mentioned in parshas vayikra that are also param hanisrafim. And there we're going to derive. If we just be patient a little bit. We'll see that when there, with the Torah says they carry mechutzamachna, we clearly know that it means chutzagimul machnas, and it's burned outside the whole city of Yerushalayim. But and we know, therefore, if those parim are burned, over here as well, by the par, and, uh, par and sar, on Yom Kippur, even though the Pasuk says, take it in we, we know it's going to mean How do we just know? So the Gemara in Zvachim is going to tell us, because there's a Xer Shava of the word par. Just as over there, the par that you carry is chutzagimul, so to here it's gimel. So if that's all going to be true, and that is the facts, that you burn the par of, of, of Yom Kippur, only outside the city of Yerushalayim, what in the world is the pshat that the Pasuk sounds like you're only carrying a chutzah We're bothered by not the halacha, by the implication. It sounds like in the Pasuk, take a chutzah and you're good. Take a outside the Azara. We know that not to be the fact, because we know we have a of par, par, that's going to learn from par, and par, Mashiach, that they're brought So why would the Torah say it in a misleading way, which is mashma that as soon as you go outside of only one machna, you're going to burn it? Why would it say it? Why would the Torah say it that way? 
comes to teach you, as soon as Yom Kippur, you take the par or the sar, even just outside of one camp, just outside of the Azara, mitamin begadim, the tumas begadim already is chal. Because the Pasuk says that they should be carrying them chusam it talks about the burning, and it says that the one who does this is mitamin begadim. So the implication that you're only carrying them outside one camp, we say it's not going on where you burn it. Avadi, you burn it outside three camps. But the implication that you carry it outside one machana is going on the second possible. That the tumas begadim that is chal, on those who are, who are burning it, it's not a pshat that it's chal when they burn it. It's chal, as soon as it's hotzi from one machana, as soon as they took it out even just one camp. So there's a couple of things that had to fall into place for us to come up with those halachos. The first thing is to do, is to, the background information, which the Gemara is about to do right now, the Param Dabash Hotzibur, Parko and Mashiach, which are Param Manus Rafim, they're burnt Chutzagimu Machanas. We have to like start with knowing that, which the Gemara will do the background for us in one second. Assuming that to be true, we have to know that then Param on Yom Kippur, Par Par, for sure the facts are that it's going to be burnt Chutzagimu Machanas outside the city of Yerushalayim. Then we're going to focus on the Pasuk that they take it, burn it, and, and, and have Tumas Begadim, and we're going to be very surprised. Why would the Torah sound like you're burning Chutz Machanachas? And that we're going to be able to derive that the din of Machanachas is not the location of the burning. In fact, the location of the burning is Chutz Machanachas. But it's going on the Tumas Begadim, and Tumas Begadim is Chal, as soon as they take it out of one. That's the background behind the Tanakhama's view that the Tumas Begadim is Chutz Machanachas. Okay, so now the Bryce says, well, How do we know though from over there? How do we know that the power of Mashiach and the power of Dabash Sibur, which I mentioned in Parshas Vayikra, that you burn them, how do I know that it's Chutz of Gilam The Tanya says in the Bryce, Vahotzi is called a power. This is talking about by the power called Mashiach. Again, Kohen Gadol sins a regular, he doesn't bring a regular chatos like the rest of the people. He has a special sin offering, and his special sin offering is a leader. Then it's parm hanisrafim. It's not, but the, the meat is not is not eaten. It's the chatos that are, that are totally burned, and that's really the main contrast. Not only where it's burned, but the point is, a regular chatos, the kohen eat the meat. A par kohen mashiach, the parm hanisrafim is completely burned, and it's burned. The pasuk says mechutz So it says v'hotzi is called a par. So the halacha is mechutz gemachas. It means outside all three camps. How do I know? Maybe it only means outside one. I mean, why would I think if it says take some machana, that it means outside the city of Yerushalayim? Maybe it means just take outside the Azara. I have another pasuk. By the par ha'ida. Par ha'ida is when the community all does a mistake and they all sin based upon an error in judgment from the Sanhedrin. It's called par ha'ida. So the famous example, Basin says, you're allowed to eat chilef. So everybody says, oh, it's instead I can eat chilef. So they all go and they eat forbidden fats. Then they find out that the basin made a mistake. So the halacha is that the zikna ha'eda bring a par helam davar shaltzibar. That's also, instead of being a chazas which is eaten, the meat is taken So over there, the pasuk says, el It also says you take taken And over there, she'en There, in that case, the palam davar shaltzibar, the words were not necessary. It already says in that pasuk that you should burn it just as you burn the first par. What does it mean just as you burn the first par? Just as we mentioned that the par coin Mashiach is burned with Chutzamachana, so too the par davar is with Chutzamachana. That's what the pasuk has said. So if it already said burn it the same way you did to par, 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 the par Mashiach, why does the Torah have to say Mechotzamachana? If by par coin Mashiach it said Mechotzamachana, Mechotzamachana, so then it's an extra word. Meaning, if you give me the directions, do with it what you did to the Parakal and Mashiach, and I know Parakal Mashiach is Mechotz so then by Parakal and Dabashot Tzibur, it doesn't have to say you take it Mechotz So the answer is, it comes to add a second camp to both of them. 
<laughs> because basically it's an extra words that are So it's saying don't only take it outside of one camp, take it outside of second camp as well. So that's a drasha, that's background that we know it's not just outside one camp. Okay, now that tells us too, how do we know you take it outside three? And regarding the Trimas Adeshin, right? So it says that we, every day there used to be Trimas Adeshin, right? We would take some ash off the Mizbech. But once in a while, it says, right? It says that, that, that once in a while, if the ash would get too big, then there's something called Hotsa where they would remove the ashes and take it Mikhot Again, most, most of the Mishodim hold that's not an Avodah, which is done every single day, but uh, it would be done cleaning. Once in a while, they would to clear off all the ashes and take it outside. So the Pasuk says that they're taking a Mikhot but it's adding. Um, but, 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 so over there, when it says Mikhot is those are extra words. I, why is it extra words? Shein Tamalomar, it didn't have to be said. I know that's where the ash is taken. It says by the power coin Mashiach that when he takes a Mikhot where is he burning? The Pasuk says he burns it on the place where the ash is poured. On the very place where the ash is poured, that's the place where they burn the parko and Mashiach. So I know that the parko and Mashiach is Chotzamachna, because it says Chotzamachna. And the Torah says, El Shefa Chadesh, to the place where I put the ash. So I know that where's the ash? Chotzamachna. So it turns now that by the Pasuk, by the ash that says, take it, the Chotzamachna is extra. Because I know where I take it. I know where I take it because I know by Parakon Mashiach, I take it Mechotzam Achana, and it says, I put it, So I know that the ash is Mechotzam Achana. So now the Pasuk, therefore, by the ash, it says that it's taken Mechotzam Achana, becomes extra. So ten lo Machana Shlishes, that comes to apply that there's a third camp, meaning you take all of it even outside another, a third camp as well. So basically, by all these places, by every single one, it just says, take a mechotzim achana. What does it say, take a mechotzim achana? It says, by param, by karam, by shiach, take a mechotzim achana. It says, by param, da'ba shotzibar, take a mechotzim achana. And it says, by hotzah, sadashin, take a mechotzim achana. By all three places. All of them, the simple of shittah would be outside one camp. But we make it extra by two of them to darshan that you're taking it outside a second camp and a third camp. How do we make it extra? Well, first of all, by param, da'ba shotzibar, first says, do it like the parko and mashiach. And then it still adds, do it mechotzim achana. So those adds extra. And, by, and, and it also, it already says that you're, you, you burn in the place of the Shavach HaDeshen, so I know the Deshen is there. So by the Deshen, didn't have to say Mechot Samachana. So therefore, I come out that those two extra Mechot Samachanas are adding two additional camps. So that's the background information. I know that those three things, Parko and Mashiach, Parko and Dovashot Zibor, and the Hotzal Sadeshen are Mechot Gimel Machanas. Now, as the Bryson, now go back to the beginning of the Bryson, now it all fits like a glove. And we know Par Par, so so too on 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 Yom Kippur, even and when the Torah says that you should be carrying Mechotz Lamachna, I know that it means Mechotz Lagimel Machanos. That's the the work we have to do. So then, what's the Torah saying that, that that when you carry it outside one camp, you burn it? It's not true. Tarot says the Torah is saying that the Tumas begodim, the Tuma that's Chal, it's Chal as soon as you carry Mechotz Lamachna. That's the, all the work. Yeah. I'll tell you why. If you take a look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says two things. It says them one right after another. The Pasuk in, in Achremos. It says, you carry it out. I want to just take a look at, um, at, the, uh, at the Pasuk. It's a little bit clear. Uh, let me just bring it up here. Oh, it's not written on the side. Sorry. It's just, it's, 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 it's in Parit Tezayin. It's in Parit Tezayin. It's Pasuk Chav If you want to take a look, Chav Zayin Chav Ches. It says, you take out the, the power and the Sayer. You take them in Chutzamachana, and then after it says you take them in Chutzamachana and you burn them, the next Pasuk says that the one who burns them is Metame is Begadim. 
So avada, the pasuk shadi, the pasuk is you don't have tumas begadim until you burn them. Avada. But what we're saying is that the pasuk that said carry mechutz lamachana, which was mashma only one machana, we know it's after three, after all that legwork was done. So he's saying that it's, it's saying here in the pasuk that you carry mechutz lamachana achas. I going on the next pasuk that says that the soyuf is matam begadim. The one who's going to be involved in the tumah, the one who will be involved in the shreifah will have tumah. You see pasuk of zayin and pasuk of ches in parakel zayin in vayikra. You'll see that. Those two psukim are next to each other. Okay, so now we have to get back to Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon and our mission disagree. He said that the Tumas begotten by Par and Saryum Kippur is only when they're actually burning. So he doesn't agree with this drasha. So what does he do with the Machana? Reb Shimon, I mean, what does Reb Shimon do with the, with the phrase Michotza Machana? In other words, if we agree that it's burned Michotza Gimel Machanos, so why is the Torah saying Chotza Machana? Which is Mashmah only one, the Tanakhama was saying that's a pri- that's a raya that the Tumas Bagadam is after one. But Rab Shimon, who said the Tumas Bagadam is only when you burn it, what does he do with Michosamachana? So the Mars says, Me by the Khadatani, he needs it for the following price. Rabbalazar Omer Blazar makes a drush. Never come Michosamachana says by the par coin and the by, by the para and Saranyum Kippur. Michotzamachana, which is extra never Michosamachana. It says by the para aduma. It says we, all the Torah says is you take the red cow, Michotzamachana. So we don't again, now we know what does that mean? So it says them both both the same phrase. So Malalon is just as by the Yom Kippur Kabbalah. It's outside all three camps, like we established, because we learned par par from um, all the other ones that are Chotza Gimel. So so too the Paraduma. Uh, it's also it's also Afalon Chotza Gimel So the Paraduma is outside all three camps, which is what it is, right? You burn it Har Zaytim, Har Zaytim. We're saying is Chutz. It's Chotza Gimel Machnos. Okay. So Malalon B'Mizrachos Yushalayim, just as the Paraduma is outside of the city. Um, is, is, is to not only where, where is it, but it's what, not only is it outside Kimomachas, but what direction is it? It's in the east. How do we know it's in the east? Because the Pasuk says by, in Parsha's Kukas, our Parsha, that you take the blood, Vihiza, Noichach Neomoid, right? It's facing the entrance. So if you're facing an entrance, clearly you have to be on the eastern side, facing, you're looking west and looking at the, remember we learned your mom was supposed to be able to see in. So, so just as over there, you're in the east. So to the, where is the location We just said by the power and Sar and Yom Kippur, you burn it outside the three camps. But where, right? What direction? Outside the city. So we're saying that you do it to the east of Yerushalayim, the east of Yerushalayim, which would be in that direction. So basically we're saying like this. The words, aren't telling you when the Tumas Begadim are chal. According to Yom the Tumas Begadim is chal only when you're actually burning it. Like the Pshut HaShemekra, Vahasurik, the one who burned it, the one who did the Maisa Sreifa, Mishetzis Ha'ar Berubo, when the fire took hold of the majority of the limbs, that's when the Tumas Begadim is chal. So what's the Torah saying? Something is happening when it's outside one camp? No! It's just coming to link it to another Mechosamachana in the Torah. By Paraduma, to teach you the Paraduma, first of all, is not slaughtered outside, just right outside the Torah. It has to be slaughtered way outside the, the city walls on the east, all the way outside on, on Harazetim. And it teaches us the opposite, that just as over there it's in the east, so too here by Parvanus Yerim Manus Rafim, it's in the east. Okay, good. That's what Reb Shimon does with the Pasa. Virabanan. According to the Tanakama, where do you burn it? Meaning the Tanakama, who use Michotzamachanachas, not to link us to Paraduma, but rather to tell us that the Tumas Begadim is after one machana. So what is what direction do you burn it? Meaning he's obviously not using that drasha that we just made. 
right? He was using Chazamach and Achas to say the Tumah. So what, what city, what direction of the city is the, do you burn? Don't tell me the east because I learned from Paraduma because he didn't use the words to link it to Paraduma. So what direction do you do? It says in the Tanya, and Shafim says in the where are the bulls and the Isarim and Isarim and Isarim burn? But Tzvanashim is actually in the north. Why Vasep is the north? Rashi says the Svara. All Chatos are done in the northern part of the Azar, right? The Shechitos in the north, the Zerat, the Zerika Saddam is in the north. So it's like a svara. I don't know exactly what kind of svara that is. That if I'm picking arbitrarily some direction to have a burning place, it should be in the north. Also, they are burned at the makom adeshin, wherever the 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 the, the, the ashes are carried out. They're carried out here, right? So shifoch adeshin means the spot was already designated to be the place where the ashes. So the question is: Is it a machlokes? It sounds like. There's some sort of machlokas, right? He, he said the north, the Tanakhama said the north, and Rabbi Yossi says, no, 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 it's not the north, it's a place where the ashes were. Well, that's not a conflict, it could be the ashes were put in the north also. So it's just, Rashi explains that what's going on is that everyone's agreeing it's in the north, just the question is, does it have to be already a spot where there is ashes? Rabbi Yossi holds, we have to be kovea, that the ashes are put there first, it's a makom sheva chadashen, and then you can do the problem as you like, not so mock, but they're pung in the same place, but if you hadn't put ashes there yet, it's still okay. But they both agree it's in the north, opposing Reb Shimon, who says that it was in the east. Says the Gemara, Marav Matan Balga Reb Yosi, who's the time who argues on Reb Yosi and doesn't require that there was already ashes that were there. Meaning, Reb Yosi was saying the ashes have to be in that spot. Only then, that's Malcolm Shefa Chadeshen, and you burn the Parmas Ramas Yunus Rafa. Tanakhama didn't hold that way. Who is that? Rulazim Yaakov, the Tanya, Al Shefa Chadeshen, Yisarev. The Pasik says by the Parakhoid Mashiach. Now, the place where the ashes poured, that's where you burn it. Shisham Deshen. The Tanakhama says there has to be ashes in advance. If there's no ashes that were put there first, then it's not Malcolm Shavach Deshen. No, it's just saying that it should be a place that should be poured. What does that mean? Malcolm Shavach Deshen. Shavach means to pour, meaning it has to be in an incline. So it's just coming to say it doesn't mean that it actually has to have ashes there. It's just saying that it should be a place where, ash, where when I put the ashes, they would pour. It has to be a place that uh, the ground is on an incline. Okay, so Rebbe Lazar Yaakov isn't darshaning that it actually has to be ashes there, so that would be the Tanakam. So I'm going to buy that's not a proof. Maybe everybody agrees that the ashes have to be there. They're just arguing whether it has to be fit for pouring, whether it has to be on an incline. But you don't have a proof from there that, 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 that Rebbe Lazar Yaakov doesn't agree that the ashes have to be there. So you haven't shown that Rebbe Lazar Yaakov is the Tanakam. Okay, so the Gemara hasn't accepted it. It could be that there's just some random time who doesn't hold that the ashes have to be there. So in summary, what do we have? Where do we burn the Parmas Yom Hanes We know it's close to Gimel Machnas. What direction? It's Machlokas. According to Reb Shimon, he dashed himself in the Paraduma and the Lingo Machna Machna to over there, just over there to the east. So to here to the east, the other Tanam who uses Chosim Machna to tell us something else, to teach us that the Tumas Bogadim is after one Machna, they don't learn that. They actually learn that it's burned in the north. Everybody agrees that, 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 that there all these things go together. So all, whatever we do, these things are all going to be there. There are some Tanam who require that the Deshen actually be put there before it's Machshir, that spot, to be used for the Parmas Yom Nisrafim. And other Tanam don't necessarily agree to that, to that specification that the ashes be there. Okay. Continues the Gemara, Tan Rabbanan Vahasayrif. It says that the one who burns them, we're talking about the Par and Tsar and Yom Kippur, the one who burns them is Matam and Begadim. So Vahasayrif, Vahasayrif, Matam and Begadim, Velo, Ametis is our, only the one who's burning them. Him and his clothing become Tameh, but not the one who's just lighting the fire. Meaning, let's say the, the, the animal is put right here on the, on the pile of wood to be burned, and then somebody goes and he lights the fire. He's not Tameh, which is a Chiddush, because, I mean, in effect, he did the Shreifa. But as long as, you know, he wasn't involved in the actual putting of it on, on the fire, then he's not Tameh. Not, not the Meitzar, not the guy who's just made in the fire, not the person who puts on the wood. 
if you arrange the wood, he's also not becoming Tomei. So who is it? Somebody who's helping at the time of the Sreifa itself. So what does that mean? That would mean somebody who's flipping meat, somebody who's throwing wood onto the fire, turning over the fire, something like that. So it's a very interesting Kiddush. Let me just give an example. Like Enochel's Bishel on Shabbos. I'm just giving a random example to bring out the point. It, it, it doesn't make a difference if you're lighting the fire or putting the pot on the fire. It's very possible that it could be an act of Bishel if you light the fire as well. Let's say there's a pot sitting, sitting on, on a pile of wood and I'm going to light the wood and now the pot will cook. I didn't, I didn't cook the food. That's not a Maisa Bishel. Of course it is. So over here, it's not a Maisa Sreifa. I didn't burn them. If, if instead of putting, I didn't flip them on the grill, but I lit the grill. That's not an act of burning them. It's not a Maisa Sreifa. So we're saying here that, no, the Joshua is saying, Vahasoyer, if someone who is involved, when the fire is lit, he's actively involved in making these pieces of meat be burned. So think of a guy flipping a burger. Like, that's, that's the idea of somebody stoking a coal like Mamish while it's burning. But if you're just pulling, lighting the fire, even when it's already there, you're being massaged with Marachah, all these things, you're not going to get the Tomas Bogadim. Yocham, you might think that someone who's involved because gets Thomas Bogatim even if after it already turned into ashes, meaning let's say the meat has been mostly consumed and already it's in the state of ash. And you're still busy being metapal, flipping things, touching things, moving them around. One might think that you get Thomas Bagadim, Tamalomar Osam, the only one who's metame, the one who burns them. What is Osam? Osam is mashma that they are intact. Hasoref Osam, the dead carcass. So Osam Metamin Bagadim, Philom Shinasway from Tam Bagadim. Once they become ash, they don't have Thomas Bagadim at that point anymore. There's no further Toma. And it could be multiple people, by the way. You could have five people involved, all of them will be Tome. The question is, someone who's only involved at the time that it was already asked, we're saying he doesn't get the Tumah. He gives a different, a different definition. That if it's in the state where it's, where, where it's, a, where it's still considered a bull, that's Matame people. But once it's Nita Chabasar, which just means that it's broken down, the meat is broken down, then there's no Tumas Bogadim. What does it mean the meat has broken down? That's obviously an earlier stage than becoming ash. He's coming to disagree. But what stage? My Benai, what's the difference? It's already like, it's burned, it's already shard, it's already, you know, totally black, but it didn't turn to ash. So according to the Tanakhama, it's still awesome, it's still intact. If it's still intact, there's going to be Thomas Bogadim for someone who's, who's assisting in the burning. According to the second definition of Rab Shimon, that it's only when it's a par, but not when it's nitach, then there would not be Thomas Bogadim. Okay, so this is Machlokas, how far, how far down the line in the burning process the Thomas Bogadim would apply. Fine, so now we're done with that. So now we continue on in the Avodah here. So Amrlo, now I just want to point out something, and this is, this is really what we, were, what, we were, um, what we were saying before. It didn't mean he actually did this, right? Let's just go back to the sequence. He sends off the Sarl Azazel. What, what's the next thing to do? Now we're going back to that sequence. Everything that we said before, that he, like, he took out and ripped out the Imurim, he didn't remember. He doesn't burn the Imurim then, and he hadn't actually burned the carcasses yet. He was just preparing them. While it was being sent, those preliminary works are preparing the Imurim and preparing the carcass, that was done while it was being sent. But he didn't actually do anything. So now we want to know when's he going to actually do stuff again. So it says the Mishnah, Amrullah the Kohen Gadol, when they told the Kohen Gadol, he giyasar the Midbar. They told him that the goat reached the Midbar. Remember, this goes to a certain cliff, which was 10 or 12 mil away, we learned yesterday. But even if before it got there, before it was thrown off, as soon as it was told him they reached the Midbar, already at that point, now, now we're ready. Now we're ready to proceed. So, I mean, I know she gave this out of the midbar. How do I know that the eagle had reached the had reached the midbar? We'll see how far away the midbar was. But how do I know? So, so dear Kosoi Osin, there were dear Kosoi people who are like I don't know, 
like uh, people in charge of watching stuff. So these guys, they, 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 they have specific jobs. Manifim Basujan, they gave them flags and they would wave them like an assembly line system. You know, the guy in the midbar picks up his flag and then the guy sees him at a far distance, he waves, and then all the way back to the base of Mekdash. Um, they, they were, then became aware that the Sar had reached the Midbar. He says, you know what? You don't have to rely on those signs. They had another sign. How far are we going? From the place where, from Yushalayim until Beis Kududo was three, was only three mil. So what does it mean? It's not the cliff. We're not talking about the, the cliff. The cliff was either 10 or 12 mil away. Beis Kududo means the, the Midbar where the cliff was. So it's a funny thing because it's very far once you get to the Midbar to get the specific cliff, right? Why was it so far away? You can't find a cliff. It takes seven mil in the Midbar to find the cliff. Seven mil is a lot, right? Remember, one mil is, is a good two-thirds, three-quarters of a mile. So it sounds like a pretty far distance in the desert itself to find. It only takes you three mil to get to the desert. Which, by the way, this is amazing. Which direction? I always talk about this. Like, where is it? There's different deserts to go. We're going south of Jerusalem. Is that what's going on? We go to Israel today. They have all these different theories about where it was. What? Yeah, I would think south. You would think south. Okay, because you, you could also go, also go east. You ever go like to the Dead Sea from Yerushalayim? It's not so far. But go south, go east, whatever. You figure it out. But it's only three mil to get to the desert. And then another seven mil, it's incredible, until you reach actual cliff. So here we only care about getting three mil to the desert. So, 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 so we know how long three mil is. Why do we do a mil? In order to figure out how long a mil is, they didn't have watches. So what would they do? They'd walk a mil with the Mishaleach, the Chodzer mil, walk back the mil. So that's two mil. And then wait the time it takes to walk to wait one mil. So that they were able to do. So we know from walking a mill, we learned this from Sachem, we learned from Ben Ashmashos, it's either 18, 20, 22, or 24 minutes. The postcom are split on that. So they figure it out, it's not so long. So they don't need this whole system with the flags, Rabbi Yudah is saying. As soon as they did that, they walked a mill, came back a mill, waited out a mill, they knew how that, that it was, everything was fine. All right. They had a third simon. They used to have red wool by the entrance of the Heichel. By the way, how interesting is this? By the entrance of the Heichel. It's not what we learned yesterday. We learned it was by the Ula, right? Is that the we same thing? Originally they did, but then yeah, so it's 100%. 100%. It's talking about the original state, because look at what Rabbi Yishmael says. Shegiyah saw the midbar, Malbin. As soon as the goat reached the wilderness, it would turn white. Now, there's a very interesting thing what's going on. Because we don't care about when the th- it's being thrown off the cliff. We care about when it reaches the midbar. Zot Rabbi Ishmael, that you know that it reached the midbar when? As soon as your red strip that's hung up by the Hechel, I don't know what happened to the Ulam. Today we say it's by the Hechel. Maybe it's just the general building. As soon as it reached there, it would turn white. So it's turning white way before. So very, very interesting, very interesting stuff. The bottom line is, we, we can, we're allowed, it sounds like, to begin the Avodah as soon as it reaches the Midbar, and we have all three different views here how we're doing that. Either we had the flag system, or we had the three mil system, or we had the, we rely on this back when it worked, it turning white. So now the Gemara comments a little bit. When we say, we don't mean the cliff, we mean the beginning of the desert. As soon as the goat reached the wilderness, what does it mean, we have to be very careful here. It means the mitzvah is now complete that the Kohen Gadol can resume the avodah. But let's just clarify. It doesn't mean there's no mitzvah to throw off the cliff. Of course there is. And it also doesn't mean that that's how much is ma'akif. Because we learned back on Daf Mem that you know how much is ma'akif? Only and most the vidoy. 
Most people hold not even the vidui. Most people hold it just has to stay alive until the blood is thrown at the part of the of the sar Hashem. That's all you need. Other people hold you don't even need the vidui. But nobody holds that it's ma'akiv that you actually send it out. If it died, let's say, on the way out of Yerushalayim, fine, no problem. So what do we mean Nasis mitzvah? So we mean here that l'chatrila, how long should the Kohen Gadol be waiting until he resumes the avoda? That's what we mean. Because the Pasuk says he sends it away, he sends it out, and once it's sent out, he starts. So we're trying to figure out what does it mean he sends out. Sends out means he reaches the wilderness. But don't confuse that with what should be done or what is ma'akev. It's right in the middle. It's how much mitzvah has been achieved that now we're allowed to resume the service. Okay? Very interesting halacha. Right in the middle. Okay, Vaiter, new parak here. So now what happens? Now we're able to resume. So what happens? So the first, these are some fascinating halachas here in our Mishnah that you really wouldn't get if you learn the Pesukim and Pasha Zacharimah. Says the Mishnah, There's Kriya Satayra. He goes into, uh, he goes into the Azus Nashim for a Kriya Satayra here. What's this Kriya Satayra? So Rashi learns, Be'elus takes us back to Dafei. Dafei, we learned there's a Kriya Satayra by the Miluim. And remember, we compare the Miluim to the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. He, that was why he quarantined for seven days before. So too, there's a Din Kriya Satayra, a Darai Sadiqa Kriya Satayra, according to Rashi, which is done on Yom Kippur. So he goes, and if he wants to do it, when he's wearing his, the white special clothing, he could do it in that. If not, he can wear it in any personal white robe, meaning it doesn't really require big day kahuna at all. It's not a Din Avoda particularly. The Chazak Nesis, evidently there was a shul around, very close on the premises, I don't know exactly what the shul was, but the Chazar Knesset would take it to the Torah from there. For no other Russian Knesset, he would give it to the head of the shul. What's Knesset on the skan? He would give it to the skan Kohen Gadol. Skan knows the Kohen Gadol. This is all just you know, pomp. And then they would give it to the Kohen Gadol. Kohen Gadol opened a makabel. He would stand up, right, covered with Sefer Torah, and be makabel it from the skan. What did he read? He read two things, not just Parshas Achrimos. Don't think about what we read today. Listen to the Mishnah. He read Achrimos. And Achba Aser. Achba Aser is from Parshas Emmer, which is close by, but it's another section of the Torah that talks about Yom Kippur. Then Gol Sefer Torah he rolls up the Sefer Torah and keeps it in his lap. For Omer, and then he says, There's more in this Sefer Torah from what I read. Why is he making such a strange statement? The Sefer Torah has more than what I just read. Because look at what he's about to do. What is he about to do? He's going to read the Musaf section from Parshas Pinchas. He's going to read by heart. So if he's going to read it by heart, it's because someone's going to say, oh, the Sefer Torah doesn't have anything more in it. So in order not to be mazalzal in the Sefer Torah, he says, no, 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 there's more in the Sefer Torah than what I read. Well, that's a simple question. Why doesn't he read from the Torah, right? Why doesn't he roll until Parshas Pinchas and then read the Musa from the Torah? I mean, what kind of creation of Torah is that? You read it by heart? What's going on? So the Gemara is going to be very surprised by this. The Gemara is going to tell us some very important dinim that we learn in Hilchus Kriya Satara and Terkha Zipura and different things about not rolling a Sefer Torah. So the bottom line is, Parshas Pekudim, the, 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 the Parshas Pinchas is going to be read by heart, and that's why he's going to recite, uh, he's going to recite it by heart and say there's more that's in the Sefer Torah. Now, there are special brachas, special davening that the Kohen Gadol has now. There are eight brachas that he recited to hear. That's the bracha that we make. He said that bracha. He said, There was a, a, it seems like it was, uh, on some level, it seems, sounds like it's our modim. It's unclear exactly what the nusach is. Amachilas avon. So, this is the bracha that we say on Yom Kippur, like right at the end of the, the Kedushas Hayyim that asks for forgiveness for Hashem, from Hashem. A special bracha that that that, that for the Beis HaMikdash. We don't really say that today. A special bracha that davens for Kla Yisrael. That, that's a questionable girsa. 
a lot of Rishonim don't have it. for the Konim, that's like a brach of like Shomei Atafil or something like that. So there's a whole special ceremony here, a special liturgy that we don't, we don't have today, that the Kohen Gadol would say after his Kriya Satorah on Yom Kippur. All right, that was the next thing that was done. Now, continues the Mishnah, if someone would watch the Kohen Gadol reading from the Torah, he wouldn't see the Paramahasirim Hanisrafim. The, the, Remember, those are carried out from outside the city of Yerushalayim and burned there. For all the Pirates and Mishraven, someone who wanted to go watch the Pirates and Mishraven, they were going to go to then he couldn't watch the Kohen Gadol reading. Not because you're not allowed to watch both. There's no din, you know, only watch one, not, not both. The problem is, they take place simultaneously. At the same time the Kohen Gadol reads, that's when some other person is burning the carcasses of the bull and the eagle. Since it's taking place at the same time, and they're at a great distance from each other, one's in the Azara, one's by the Ezra's Nashim, and one's outside the city of Yerushalayim, you can't see both at the same time. So it's a very interesting thing. The Torah doesn't mention the Kriya Torah at all. We have Rashi's learning, it comes from the Afuzah, from the Miluim, that it takes place on Yom Kippur. We stick it in right by but once the, the Sar Lazazel was sent to the Midbar, we do those two things simultaneously. The Kohen Gadol reads from the Torah, while the Parmas Yirim Hanis Rafim are being burned, Okay. It said that the Kohen Gadol has options. He could either do the Kriya Satara in his Big Dekuna, or he could do it in his own personal Begadah. Clearly, when it's not a real Din of Avodah. It's a Halacha, it's a Avodah Sayyayim, but it doesn't have a real Din Avodah. Ukatani, still, what did the Mishnah say? If he wants to use the big dekuna, he could. There's no objection to him using it. We see a big chiddush. Big dekuna are kaddish. You're not allowed to benefit from them unnecessarily. We see that evidently, that even if you're not doing the avodah, you're allowed to continue wearing the big dekuna. Ah, you're having hana. So the Gemara in says that the principle is, How is the Kohen going to, second he finishes the avodah, quickly going to take off his begotten? That's impractical. So that shows that it's a continuous thing. And even after the avodah finishes, he's allowed to wear it. And we're trying to figure out how long does that heter go. And we're saying, you don't even have to be careful. Even if you're taking an unnecessarily, you know it's unnecessary that you're wearing the begadim, you're allowed to, and it's based off the principle, says the Gemara, no, it might not be an avoda itself, but at least it's a tzorech, it's a tzorech avoda, right? You need to do it for Yom Kippur. It's a part of the avoda's Yom Kippur. So maybe to do it for personal benefit that's unrelated, you know, you're doing it while you're doing a common activity, mundane activity is not allowed. Here it might not be a din avoda, but at least it's a tzorech avoda. Says the Gemara, we had this famous question in Mesachas Kedushin. What's the Allah of the Beit Dekuna? Are, are the Kohanim in the Beit Samikdash allowed to continue wearing them for their personal benefit or not? So the Gemara attempts to bring a proof. It says that the Kohanim, the Mishnah Talmud says, the Kohanim didn't sleep in their Beit Dekuna. So the implication is, they don't sleep. Why? Because a person may pass wind in their sleep, and that's considered disrespectful to the big dekuna. So you don't sleep in them. Oh, it sounds like you're allowed to eat, even though eating is a personal benefit. So it sounds like there's no issue with personal benefit. So the Gemara says, no. It says that the Kohanim eat the Karbanos, and it says that there's Kapara. What happens? There's an extra din kapara that comes through the achilas kohen and the bainu kapara. Now it's a very interesting din kapara because normally we say in kapara lebedam, right? So what does that mean? That zrika was already done. Is it, and, and if the kohenim don't eat the meat, does the bainu have to bring another karba? No. But still, there's an extra credit sort of kapara, an extra level of kapara that's achieved when the kohenim eat the meat. The bainu get extra kapara. So that achila maybe it's not an avoda, but it's a very special thing. So maybe that's what they're allowed to eat. That makes sense, they could eat in the Big Day Kuna. But you don't have a riot that a regular mundane activity can be done in the Big Day Kuna. 
So the Gemara try, try, you're right, it changes the proof. You're right. The implication should be they're only restricted from sleeping. They're allowed to walk around. Meaning, if we only restrict them from sleeping, it's much any other mundane activity they could do, even though it's not an avodah. So the Gemara says it's not a proof. Really, maybe they're allowed to do anything. I, what's the chiddush? Top of the Amar Alav Sefer Tzrichalei Poshim Kaplan We're saying even though they don't sleep under them, they're allowed to put them under their heads. Meaning the chiddush that we want to say is that even though they're not allowed, even though that we're saying they're not allowed to sleep, they're allowed to put them under their heads. But really, maybe in a chanami, they're really allowed to. Um, maybe really they're not allowed to do any mundane activity. So the Gemara says, but well, wait a second, that itself should be an issue. Poshim Kaplan Yichol Nam Hashem. They're allowed to put them under their heads. So if they're using them as a pillow, then they're having hanah. So what are you saying? You're not allowed to have any mundane activity. Is also asr, but they're allowed to use it as pillows. Pillows is also hana. You're right. It doesn't mean under their heads. They're not using it as a pillow. Near their heads. And what's the chiddush? The chiddush is that we're not concerned they might roll over it to, their, to it in their sleep and then get hana. That if a person has to pass wind, they're wearing tefillin, they can move tefillin to the side. Just as over there, the concern is they might pass wind in their sleep and still they're allowed to have the clothing near them. So do by tefillin, as long as they're not, they're not mamish on your head, they're just close, then it's okay if it's to the side. We're not concerned for the passing of the wind. Okay, fine. So we'll stop for here from today. The bottom line is, we're not sure of Big Day Kuna you're allowed to have benefit from or not have benefit from. The Gemara is trying to bring a proof from the Kohen Gold, the reading on Yom Kippur, that he's allowed to wear the Big Day Kuna. The Gemara says, it's not a proof, that's, a, not, that's not a mundane activity. It's at least a Tzorach Avod, that's part of the Avod of Sayom. We want to know, Mamish, a mundane activity, is he allowed to do that? We're trying to bring a proof from the fact that it says... That the Kohen Gadol would, put, that the Kohen put them under their big dekuna under their head as pillows, and we're saying it's not under their head, but rather next to their head, and there's no proof that they're actually benefiting from it.